Hey, Moving Forward listeners, here's today's Poshmark Power Tip. When it comes to video, put your clothes on a mannequin or use a model and shoot your video in portrait or tall mode, starting at the front, then walk around it to capture a full 360 angle. Edit the video in your album and remove any external sound. For more Poshmark seller tips, check out the Poshmark Guide for Individuals and Small Businesses, which is available on Amazon in paperback, Kindle, and as an audiobook on Audible and Apple Audiobooks. Start learning and moving forward today. Hey, John Lim here. We're moving forward with episode 423. I hope everyone's having a great week, having a great day. And for those of you who are new to the podcast, welcome. I recommend you check out, if you haven't already, episode 000, which is the updated trailer for the series. So that'll give you a nice idea of how to approach listening to moving forward. Most episodes are standalone. Although some episodes tie together as part of a collection or miniseries. And in fact, today's episode is going to be a continuation of a miniseries or a subset of a miniseries on writing a book. And so I do recommend for this particular episode, do check out last week's episode 422, which is available uh, on the podcast. And the write-up is available on the website at bemovingforward.com. So what I'm talking about today, building off of last week, is creating a short-form ebook based off of either content that you've already put out there, maybe in the form of a video or podcast or maybe even other written form like a blog or an article, and maybe you want to convert that to a short ebook, or maybe you have a particular skill or a particular expertise and you want to share a piece of that in short form content and to give context. And again, I do cover this more on last week's episode. I've been working with my dad over the last couple of years. And um, one of the things that he's really adept at is teaching. He's very good at teaching people the art of sewing and tailoring. These are skills that he's uh, mastered over many years. And he does teach students both um, in person as well as through his YouTube channel, where he's put up a lot of tutorials teaching the fundamentals and some advanced skills that are uh, part of the craft of being a professional tailor. And those videos are extremely popular. And over the last uh, month or so, we've been taking some of his videos and translating them into ebook ebook format. So I talk more about the background on 422. Check that out. Now, that episode and today's episode are part of a larger mini-series on writing in general. I've covered writing a book uh, over many different episodes, many different collections, both the process of writing and getting your your book out there if you're talking about more of a traditional long-form book. I've interviewed a number of authors over the years, particularly last year, and I did have one interview this year that's a supplement to that just to share different perspectives and experiences and best practices from authors across many different genres. But most of that material, most of that content is directed at traditional long-form books. So while today's episode and last week's episode are part of that series, technically, 
you don't have to listen to any of those older episodes to really follow uh, this particular subject, which is really a separate type of book that we're talking about, which is just a short form book. We're talking maybe less than 20 pages and strictly electronic or digital. Because uh, as I've talked about, paperback books typically have a minimum page requirement, at least for most self-publishing platforms like KDP, which is what I'm focusing on uh, for these two episodes. So that's just to give you a little bit of a refresher and a background. Again, for those of you who are brand new, I do recommend check out 422. That kind of lays the groundwork because today in 423, we're going to pick up from last week's discussion And I'm going to go through the more technical steps of actually getting your text, formatting it, and publishing it. Okay, and again, we're strictly talking about short-form books. If you're interested in learning about long-form books or long-form content, more of the traditional types of books, I have many different episodes on that particular topic, many different conversations and interviews as well. All right, let's go ahead and jump right in. So we left off last week talking about how do you take a skill or how do you take content you've already created and create the text for that. And just a quick refresher, I recommend just start out with a Word document or a Google Doc and break it down. Break down the steps into what I call chapters. And I say chapters because we're not talking about traditional 5, 15, 20-page chapters. We're talking about maybe a couple of bullet points very short. Each chapter really represents a step in a particular skill that you're trying to teach. If your book is visual, uh, there are a couple ways you can approach this, and I talked about this last week. We're adapting particularly uh, YouTube tutorials that my dad and I created several years ago, and so we visual learning is part of the, the process of learning these skills, And so we wanted to replicate some of that for this particular book as an instructional guide. Initially, we thought about taking screen captures of the videos, but because they're not in high definition back when we filmed them, uh, they, they didn't come out quite clear enough to be used in a book. So I do recommend if you're going to be using visuals, make sure that they're crisp, make sure that the resolution is good. And what we did was, uh, my dad and I, we spent about an hour or two and and had him recreate some of the steps, and I just took pictures on my phone, uh, and, and that was uh, a good way to replicate the steps, but provide visuals that would work much better for a book. For those of you, if you already have the content, maybe on a YouTube video, and it's filmed in high definition, doing a screen capture might work. So give that a try. Otherwise, you might want to recreate the steps, maybe have a, a friend or someone you're working with take the photos. Or you can, of course, use different programs like Canva if you wanted to do illustrations or Photoshop if you're maybe more more uh, technical and more skilled at using those types of uh, desktop publishing pl- uh, platforms and graphic design platforms. But there are many ways you can approach this. All right, so get the text out, and I'm going to talk a little bit about formatting. So that's going to be the focus for today's episode. So one quirk I have to point out when it comes to taking photos on an iPhone, and that's what I primarily use, is that the native format for photos on the iPhone, in case you've ever exported them or 
you know, uh, transfer them to a computer or a tablet, is that iPhone or Apple products uses a, a format. Uh, it's a protocol. It's H-E-I-C. I'm not sure what that stands for. I think it's just a proprietary format. It does not play well <laughs> with many other applications. You can copy and paste it into Word documents. So, you know, that that's not too much of a hassle. But if you want to, say, adjust that photo, and I'll, I'll talk about this uh, in just a little bit, a lot of platforms won't take that or recognize that as a format. So you'll have to do one of two things. And the first time we did this with his first tutorial, which just as a reminder, we started with one of his most basic tutorials on how to repair or so a coat button. Uh, that that one was kind of our test, and um, the photos were all in HEIC when I transferred them to my computer. I had to actually re-export them individually into JPEG format, JPG, uh, and uh, not too hard to do, but a little time-consuming. So what I recommend is if you're using an iPhone, I discovered you can go into your camera settings and you can switch the format so it ex uh, it takes it in a uh, JPG format, which will save you a lot of time. So just as an FYI, iPhone is defaulted to HEIC. You're going to have to uh, change that or export that later. Otherwise, I recommend sw maybe switch the settings on your camera so that it, it just natively does JPG. So that'll shave off time. And it did save time for the subsequent books. All right, so once you have your photos, if you're using photos, by the way, you might not be. Uh, and um, I'm going to talk about what I did to kind of format them. And with his particular tutorial, and it's going to vary depending on the skill. Maybe you're teaching someone something about electric, uh, you know, ab about electrical work or plumbing or something like that. I'm just throwing out examples, me uh, auto mechanic um, repairs, that sort of thing. Think about how the photos supplement the text. That's really the key. You want your visuals to really illustrate the steps that you're uh, showcasing where you're explaining in your text, your bullets. And so I took a bunch of photos and then selected the ones that made the most sense or fit the best with the individual sections. And then what I used is a platform called Canva. I'm a big fan of it. I love Canva because it's so user-friendly. I'm not really a, a, a graphic design person. I don't really know how to use Photoshop. Canva really makes this a lot easier. And there's a robust free option. There's a lot you can do with the free option, but they also have a premium version, which gives you access to a lot of tools. You can adjust photos. You can um, import different uh, uh, graphics and things like that. They have a library that you can use and things like that. So what I did was I looked at the tutorial and I looked at our photos and basically our photos kind of came in like two varieties, if you will. For some of the photos, it made sense to kind of group them together. So like we had um, steps that we were demonstrating for the particular tutorial. So maybe a group of three photos together, each one showcasing steps. So what I did was I created a basically a frame on Canva or a canvas. And then uh, one of the tools that Canva has is the ability to separate grids. Basically grid lines were photo frames. And they have a number of different configurations. I chose a basic one. It's just basically 
splitting a frame into three parts. In other words, I can put three pictures side by side. Just makes it a lot easier than having to do it manually. You know, instead of having to try to manipulate crop size three different photos, Canva gives you a frame in which they're all equal size and they're already organized very nicely. So I use the triple frame and then the other variety would be either a dual frame in which we had two pictures side by side demonstrating a particular technique or step or a single photo. And that was really it. It was like a three, two, one variation on the photos. I chose a standard size and it was basically a rectangle, uh, one that made the most sense. Canva has a lot of uh, templates that you can use in terms of uh, frames or sizes of canvases, uh, or you can create your own. You can customize your own. So that's something that you know I'm not going to go too much into today, but you have a lot of flexibility. You have a lot of room to experiment. So what I would do is I would upload the photos onto Canva, which you can do, and then I would drop them into... Uh, the frame, if you will, and let's say I had one that was split into three parts, I would drag the first photo onto the left side and then, you know, adjust it so that it was exactly where I needed it. I would take the second photo, plop it into the middle, third photo over to the right. And sometimes what I would do, and that's, this is the nice thing about Canva is that you can put in additional information. Maybe if you want to put text, if you want to put arrows, if you want to put circles, if you need to emphasize something in the photo, you can do that. Um, so that's something that I that I did a little bit with some of the photos as well. And then obviously, you know, I would do the same thing if necessary for the dual photos and for the single photos. What Canva does is it just standardizes um, your photo size. Now, do you have to do this? No. If it's easier for you, maybe the photos you're you're not using that many where you have maybe one or two per chapter, you may want to just use the photos as is. However, if there's additional detailing in the photos, such as an arrow or a circle, you might want to do a little bit of editing just to emphasize it so it's clear to the reader. Because remember, the reader is also a learner. They're learning these skills, and you're trying to make it as clear as possible. Once I did that, I exported them. And I'll give you a, kind of a, a tip. You can do one of two things. Uh, when it comes to exporting photos, first of all, do export them in JPG. Um, there, there is a format for called PNG. I'm not going to go too much into photo formatting, but with JPG, you want to make sure that the photo is good resolution. That's going to be the key. And so you have two choices with that. I'm going to give you both. Now, on Canva, it's a it's kind of uh, set to a standard resolution on the free version. It's pretty good. It's not incredibly sharp when it comes to like really detailed stuff. So you'll either have to upgrade to premium if you want to be able to export your photos to high resolution JPG, or you can download it as a PNG file, which is n naturally a higher resolution onto your desktop and then convert that to P uh, JPEG. Or... Another thing that I've discovered, and this is particularly good with book covers, is downloaded as a print version of a PDF, or what they call PDF print. It's a high-resolution PDF. Open up the PDF and then export that into a JPEG. So if you just are using the free version, you have to add an extra step. If you have the premium subscription version of Canva, then you can 
export it just very easily at a higher resolution. The reason why I mentioned the PDF print option, not so much for your photos. I don't think you'll need to do that because you can use the PNG version. I think the PDF print option, in other words, downloading your graphics as PDF print and then exporting that to a high res JPEG works really well for the ebook cover because that's something that you're also going to need to do is design an ebook cover. So uh, what I'm going to do is I'm going to talk a little bit about the cover and that's going to kind of wrap up our discussion of visuals when it comes to the ebook. And then in the second half of the ep uh, episode, I'm going to go into the technical aspects of publishing this ebook. All right, so book covers. First of all, uh, I recommend set up a KDP account. It's free to set up one on Amazon. It's their self-publishing platform if you're using KDP, which is what I'm focusing on for episodes 422 and 423. What's nice is that KDP does have a native ebook cover um, design option. So if you want to use theirs, you absolutely can. It's pretty good. If it, this is your first ebook, that might be the easier option. They give you a lot of templates. They give you a lot of uh, options. It's very user-friendly. I personally like designing uh, my own ebook covers on Canva. Canva has like a, a number of ebook templates that you can uh, explore. You can create your own. Uh, and this is a great option, I think, for this type of ebook. You may want to go with one of these bet, uh, options because they're, they're not going to cost you anything. Uh, if you're writing a more uh, robust book or a long-form content book, at that point, maybe you want to consider hiring a professional cover designer. But I think Canva is a really good option. If you want to design it yourself, you have a particular vision. That's what I've used for most of my book covers is Canva. But know that um, KDP does have a cover design option. So once you get to the publication stage of your book, you can design your cover and you can explore that and see if you find something you like. You can upload graphics. It gives you a, some flexibility to play around with the different templates. But I really like Canva. I do recommend look up the um, uh, Canva does have a, a template for ebook covers. Do re a double check to make sure it matches with uh, Kindle's. Uh, which is uh, what KDP is specifically for. Uh, I'll have that linked in the um, in the write-up for the episode. I don't know it off the top of my head, but you can create uh, a template that matches the exact specs of a Kindle ebook. So I'll have that linked in the write-up, the information page that goes into all the specs and things like that. All right, so to wrap up this portion of the episode, we've talked a lot about photos, uh, again, I recommend if you're using an iPhone, it may be easier to switch the format from HEIC to JPEG. That'll just shave off some time. If you need to make some adjustments, I really like Canva. Those of you who are more uh, savvy at Photoshop, you may want to use Photoshop. But Canva is a really good user-friendly option. And when it comes to designing your covers, what I do is I design it on Canva export it as a PDF, and then export that as a high-resolution JPEG. Or, if you want, you can use KDP's native cover design platform. Uh, it's very user-friendly, and they've got a lot of different templates. All right, once you have your photo set, once you have your text, it's time to put the pieces together and publish your ebook. 
We're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we're going to dive into the technical aspects of publishing your uh, Kindle ebook. Hey, Moving Forward listeners, as you know, I try to provide as much helpful information as I can for free on this podcast covering different topics and areas. But if you need more personalized assistance with starting a business on Poshmark, writing a book, or launching a podcast, I now offer coaching through the Clarity platform where you can book a call with me. To learn more, head over to bemovingforward.com and click book a coaching call at the top. You can also find a quick link within my link tree, which is in the show notes for this episode. Whether it's a quick five-minute pick-your-brain call or a 50-minute deep dive into your goals, let's connect so you can start moving forward today. All right, picking up from where we left off, we're talking today, continuing on from last week, publishing a short-form ebook. Now, Again, I want to remind you, we're not talking about long-form books. We're not talking about 200 pages, which is a much more involved process. We're talking about creating very short ebooks, mostly geared towards teaching a skill or an expertise on a particular topic or area. So we talked about photos, visuals, and the cover in the first half of today's episode. We've talked at length last week and also this week about your text, which really ideally should be fairly short. The chapters, as, as, as I put them in quotes, are no more than maybe a page or two, a couple of bullet points, very short text. And that's the type of book that we're focusing on for this particular series. All right. So what about publishing on KDP? So KDP, by the way, is just as a reminder, it's Amazon self-publishing platform. It's a way that you can publish and self-publish your own books. You can publish paperback versions. You can publish Kindle versions. Because these books that we're talking about are short, uh, we're we're not going to be talking about paperback versions because the minimum for a paperback is 24 pages. If your book ends up being more than that, I'm going to direct you to the writing series. I've got uh, a whole series on writing longer form content books. And um, I talk more at length about uh, publishing a paperback version as well as a Kindle version. But the focus here is on short content. We're talking maybe 10 pages, 15 pages, something that's less than 20 pages. All right, let's talk about taking all those pieces that we have, your graphics, your text, which should be in a document. And I talked last week about downloading one of the paperback templates. Now, the templates, and I'll have them linked in the write-up for today's episode, I use mostly for formatting the chapters. Since we're not focusing on publishing a paperback, I still find it useful to have the book formatted because as I've talked about on the full writing miniseries, I like to think of a book as building blocks, and there are different pieces to that. Today, I'm going to simplify that because uh, we're doing a much simpler book. But really, there are three parts to a, to a book. You've got what's called the front matter. You've got the body, which will be your chapters or your content. And then you've got the back matter. I'm going to give you really a brief version of those. For a fuller discussion of that, for those of you who are writing longer form books, I direct you to the writing series, which I'll have linked in the write-up for today's episode. So what is the front matter? 
that's all the stuff that comes in the beginning of the book. Yeah, that would include your title page, your copyright statement, and your table of contents. The back matter is all the stuff that goes at the end of the book. Typically, uh, it might be your author's biography. It might be other information too, but typically that's all the stuff that's uh, at the very back of the book. The in-between is the body. Those, those are your chapters. And again, for these books, we're keeping them very short. So that's why I like the KDP templates because it gives you a lot of those pieces already formatted. And if you're not sure how to draft a copyright statement, it's got one that's, uh, that's kind of a generic one that you can kind of tweak if you want to use that one. So what I do is I just take my text, my chapters, and then I just transpose them from my raw document into a KDP document. I save that as kind of a draft. And then what I use to publish the ebook, KDP has a, a free platform that you can download. It's called uh, Kindle Create. And it's fairly new. I don't know exactly uh, how long it's been out. Uh, I think it's fairly recent um, within the last maybe a year or a couple of years. And I really think it's a, it makes it that much easier to publish an ebook. Now, you don't need to use this. If you have your text kind of formatted as a Word or PDF document, you can upload it to KDP. But what I like about Kindle Create is that it does a lot of the heavy lifting for you when it comes to formatting an ebook. And as I talked about with the different parts, front matter, body, and back matter, it automatically formats a lot of that for you. So you can download the Kindle Create platform. It's available for both Windows and Mac. Uh, and then create a new project and upload a, a document. You can upload your raw text document. I think it's easier if you already have it pre-formatted in one of the KDP templates because then it'll just kind of recognize. It's pretty good at recognizing what the different parts are. And then uh, what it'll do is it'll create a new project. And the platform is really visual. And what it does is it basically separates your book into building blocks. So you've got your front matter section, your body, and then your back matter. And then what you could do is you can go through each piece and format them, check them over, that sort of thing. You're going to have to do some tweaking because it's not a 100% perfect translating a text document. So sometimes it doesn't recognize when a chapter is a chapter or it, it'll sometimes maybe merge them so you can separate those out. But basically, and I'm not going to go through the uh, ins and outs too much of Kindle Create. It's fairly easy to play around with. I think there are tutorials and there's an information page if you want kind of a primer on how to use it. But I think if you play around with it, it's fairly easy to use. So you can go through and it gives you a lot of different fonts. It gives you a lot of different tools you can use so you can adjust your title page. The title page is just reiterating what's on the cover. You can, um, and what I like about it is that it, some of the pieces are actually really pre-formatted very nicely, like the copyright page. It's basically a, a formatted template. You can uh, copy and paste your copyright text and it kind of formats it very nicely. The one thing I also really like about Kindle Create is that the table of contents, which can sometimes be a little bit of a challenge if you're writing a book for the first time, it's auto-generated. So it'll, it'll pick up what your chapters are 
and then generate that into a table of contents. The back matter for these types of eBooks, I would maybe just do a author's biography and then you can upload your headshot if you want with that. I would keep it very simple. Back matter will sometimes have things like your acknowledgements. It'll have maybe um, uh, information about other books you've written. There can be a lot that goes into back matter, but again, the point of these books are to keep them really simple, really short. The, the main part that you're going to be focusing most of your time on is the middle section, the body, going through, making sure that the chapters are formatted correctly, that the chapter breaks are where they need to be. And it's really easy. If you need to add a chapter, remove a chapter, it's very, very user-friendly. I think it's a very nicely designed platform. You can kind of figure your way around it. You can adjust the text. You can adjust the, the formatting. Very, very much like um, uh, a desktop publishing program or a word processor. About it, It's pretty easy to do. Now, I do have a piece of advice when it comes to creating bullet points. And this is something I came across when I was publishing the Kindle version of the Poshmark Guide. So the Poshmark Guide, um, which is my book on Poshmark, has sections that have some bullets or lists and things like that. I recommend the one quirk about Kindle Create is that if you create actual bullet points in, let's say, a Word document or a PDF, you actually have the actual bullets. Sometimes it it's a little quirky with how it translates those. And the thing that's a little bit annoying about Kindle Create is that once it picks up that there's a bullet point from the source document, it won't. you can't really edit it. You can't remove something that's a bullet that was accidentally marked as a bullet. For some reason, it's kind of hard-coded in there. Uh, I've noticed the same thing when it comes to footnotes, So, but hopefully you don't have those for these types of books. So I, what I recommend you do is when you're writing your bullet points in your original text, don't add the actual bullet symbols, like the dots or the markers. Just write it out and then do a hard return in between each point. I know it won't look the cleanest. And then when you upload it into Kindle Create, what I found easiest to do, if I'm doing, let's say, bullets, I'll use just an asterisk and then maybe two spaces, and that works really well. Or you can do numbers and manually code those in. But for some reason, Kindle Create is a little finicky when it comes to pre-formatted bullet points. So I would leave a lot of that out and just do that manually within the Kindle Create platform. That's my quirk with that. All right, in terms of photos, this is where it's really nice. Pick where you want to put your photos, right-click, and then you can insert a photo, upload it from your library. And this is where having your photos pre-formatted into JPEG, having done all the tweaks in Canva, will save you a lot of time because at this point, you're just putting the photos in where you need to. You can adjust the size, uh, of the photos as they display. But the key thing here is that whether the photo is small, medium, or large, or full size, what you want is high resolution photos because when someone is reading this on Kindle or on a tablet, you want them to be able to click on the photo and zoom in. And that, that's pretty much an, uh, a given that graphics on an ebook. For the most part, you can click on them, even I think on a Kindle tablet, but mostly for like tablets like iPads, 
when someone clicks on a photo, they can zoom into that photo. And you want that to be crisp and clear. So it doesn't really matter what size it it first appears in the ebook. You can choose the smallest size. The key is if someone clicks on that photo and zooms in, you want that photo to be crisp and clear. And that's why it's important to have those high resolution photos. But you can format it and make it look nice, put it where you need to. And then uh, once you have all of your pieces together, you can preview it, which is really cool. There's a preview option where you could see what it'll look like as a Kindle. In fact, it even has like a nice like Kindle device like simulated frame so you could see what it would really look like as a Kindle ebook. And then you save the project and then you can generate it as a a file format in which it's very easy up to upload into KDP. I forgot the format off the top of my head, but basically you just generate the project where you export it. And it'll just save it as part of a, it'll just condense all that information into a file that's really user, that's, that really speaks well to the KDP um, platform. So that's why I like Kindle Create. I find it fairly easy to do. And I'm going to give you a couple of time-saving tips. So if you're creating a series of books, uh, and this is, uh, you know, as I'm doing with my dad, we, we've so far published three of these as of the recording of this episode. Each one is part of a series. They're fairly consistent in terms of the design. I just tweaked the cover a little bit so that the covers are very similar. The formatting, uh, because I want this to be part of a series. What I do is I just save the KDP or Kindle Create file again. And then I open that up and I go in and I make the adjustments for, say, a second book or a third book. Because the first time you create a book, if it's part of a series, that's going to take you the longest. Because first of all, there's learning curve and then setting up all the pieces that you want in the way you want it. But then once you've done that, save it and use it as a template to update it with new content or the next section or the next skill that you're trying to teach if you're writing a series of books. If you're just writing one and done, that's fine too. But um, I find that this actually saves a lot of time. All right, once I've done that, I go into KDP, I log into KDP, and then I basically click create an ebook or publish an ebook, fill in all the different, it's basically a form, you just fill in all the information, your who your author is, um, you know, all that type of stuff. There's some keyword stuff. I'm not going to go too much into that. Again, I, I go more into that in the full uh, book writing series, but it's fairly straightforward. And you can also, uh, you know, KDP has some um, uh, information pages, which I'll have linked in the write-up. Basically fill out the information. And then when you get to the second part, it's the content. And here you should be ready to go. Upload your content, your actual book, and that's where the Kindle Create has created that file. You're going to upload that file, upload your book cover, or create it off of KDP. If you're using their platform, that's fine, or upload the cover that you've already created off of Canva. And then I do recommend preview the book so you'll be able to launch the preview and you'll be able to see what it looks like from uh, the cover page all the way through the end. And it should be a fairly quick review process because it's a short ebook. And then once you've seen that, um, you know, once it meets with your approval, if, if you find something you need to change, just go back to Kindle Create, 
make the changes, re-export it, upload it again. But once you've checked it over, then uh, you can proceed to the next steps. I do recommend there is a checkbox for DRM, Digital Rights Management. I do recommend check that off as that gives you just an added layer of protection for your work. Uh, and then to the next page, that's where you can set your pricing. Uh, I'm not going to go too much into that. That's going to be a decision that you're going to make, how you want to price it. Do uh, do explore that. Do do some research on that. Maybe look at books in, the, in your market. Um, but these are fairly short books, so, uh, you know, consider that but also consider that you're teaching a skill so i do recommend take that into consideration books are not priced based on length so don't feel like just because it's a short ebook that you have to price it really low especially if the information inside is a particular skill or expertise that you're sharing remember you not only are sharing your expertise and teaching it to someone you're also taking the time to document it and put it out there so take all that into consideration and then once you've done all of that, uh, you can publish it. And then that's basically it. The publication process, once you've hit publish, the uh, Amazon or KDP does review the book uh, for quality control, copyright, all that type of stuff. And then um, it can take anywhere from an hour to a day or so for the book to actually go live. And I think... I mean, for the most part, I have found that the books go up within about a day. So barring any issues, and if there are any issues, you'll you'll be notified of that if there's anything that, you know, you need to adjust or correct. But it's fairly quick, and that's basically the process. I will tell you just in terms of time, how long does it actually take for uh, for me to create these books? Now, the first one probably took the longest uh, because, you know, that, that was just figuring out you know, how to do the process. Uh, but the last one we just did, we just released the third one, which actually is on a really interesting technique uh, called the chain stitch. Um, that one took maybe about half a day total. It was really just uh, taking some additional photos. That took about an hour or two. I already had the template created on Kindle Create, so I just created or duplicated the file and made the changes um, in fact, it, it, you may find it easier just to type it into Kindle Create as opposed to typing it into Word. It's up to you. I find it, for me, I like to draft it out in Word first, but for some of you, you might want to write the book right on Kindle Create. You can do that as well. Uh, and then, you know, going through it, making sure the photos, the photos are probably the most time-consuming part, adjusting them, editing them exporting them, especially since some of the photos, as I mentioned, they're grouped together and then putting them into the right spots in the manuscript and then um, uh, publishing the book. And then it's about a day. So we've been able to get these out uh, fairly consistently. And the pace that we're at, we're releasing new ones about once a week, once every other week. So depending on our schedule. So that's kind of what uh, what we have. And what our goal is, is we're documenting most of his video tutorials and then publishing them as eBooks. And then we may be creating some new ones in the future, which are not video tutorials, which, were, which may become video tutorials. In terms of, and if you're wondering, does it matter that 
you know, this information is already out there as videos. And my, my perspective on that is no, uh, we're not taking the videos down because that serves a different audience and a different purpose. Publishing these as eBooks is just another way to communicate this information. And remember, everyone has a different learning style. So some people will watch the videos. They pick up the skill. In fact, many people have watched the videos and, um, they've learned from that and that's great. Uh, the books are just a supplement to that. It's another way to get this information out there. And um, some people, they want to read the information, especially if they're just learning this skill for the first time. So really, it's just, it's 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 a net positive. So I don't see it as, well, the videos are cannibalizing the books or anything like that. Uh, I just see it as growth, you know, taking great content, expanding it, building it out, formatting it, introducing it to a new audience. Uh, finally, I'm going to leave you with a couple of thoughts. Uh, when it comes to this type of book, don't overthink it. Get it out there, especially for those of you. And this series is really aimed at those who maybe have a skill. You've wanted to write a book and you found it challenging because maybe you've gotten stuck at a certain place or maybe you had writer's block or maybe you ran out of time. Time is a big one, but you want to get your first book out there. I recommend start with a short form book. And if you really enjoy the process, create more and then build up towards writing a longer form book. If you find that where you found that starting with a long book, maybe a novel or a, a business book, and you got stuck with it and, and you, you maybe, you know, you couldn't bring it to conclusion or to completion, start with a short book. There's nothing wrong with that. And this is a great way for you to get accustomed to the process of writing and self-publishing. So I recommend start there. And again, uh, this episode really ties back to 422. Uh, so do check that one out if you haven't already. So these two episodes are uh, in conjunction with one another. If you want to learn more about the different parts of a book, if you are interested in writing more of a long-form content uh, book, I do have an entire series on that, and I have a number of interviews with different authors across many different genres, both fiction, nonfiction, traditionally published, self-published. I do encourage you to check that out. All right, this was a fun series, and this was a technical episodes. I do recommend this one really does tie back to 422. So do check that out. The write-up for today's episode will be at bemovingforward.com. And this will also be added to the writing series page. Uh, Hope you have a great week, a great weekend, and I'll be back next week. You can find the write-up for today's episode at bemovingforward.com. The views expressed by any featured guests are not necessarily those of the host, the program, or affiliates. Moving Forward is produced by John Lim and BeMovingForward.com. All rights reserved.